Well, good morning. I am so glad you are here today. There is something amazing about the presence of God, isn't there? And I tell you what, the enemy has been trying to defeat and destroy all week. And I'm telling you what, I just knew that the presence of God was going to be here in such an amazing way today. And um, tell you, I'm a little old-fashioned, I get a little excited. Whoa! You know what I'm saying? I get a little excited sometimes because the power and the presence of God is so real. If you've never truly experienced him and truly know him, how do you ever live this life? How do you go to work every day? But the powerment of the Holy Spirit, it just, it just it blows my mind how he works and creates, and, and I'm so excited for this, this series called Made for More, because we are so much made for more. Last week, Josh, Pastor Josh was talking about we are made to be more. God created you with a purpose. You are made to be alive. I, I feel alive. Do you feel alive this morning? We were made to be examples of God's grace. We were made to be masterpieces and made to be on a mission. And he challenges last week, go to, go to the store and pray for somebody that has a grocery cart with kids falling off of it and stuff like that. I don't know if exactly what he said, but I tell you what, I went to the store last Sunday. I was getting coffee and creamer for the week, and I, I prayed before I went. I'm like, God, if, if you want me to pray for somebody, just send them my way. And, and I'm in Kroger's, and, and I go to a few different areas, and I thought, oh, I'm going to go over to the, the protein bar section and, and have some protein bars this week. And I went around by the pharmacy, and there's a lady sitting there. And the pharmacy's closed. She's oxygen on. And I go up to her and I'm like, ma'am, is everything okay? And she goes, I know the pharmacy's closed. <laughs> well, that's not what I come over here for, but I just wanted to see if there's anything I can do for you. And she said, well, I'm, I have COPD. And I just had surgery not too long ago. And, and I'm tired and I just need to take a rest. And I said, what's your name? And she said, Pam. And I said, Pam, can I pray for you? And she said, yes, yes. And so I grabbed her hands, and we prayed together. And it was just the warmness of the Holy Spirit. And I said, Pam, is there anything else that I can do for you? And she said, yes, there is. And I'll tell you the rest of the story at the end of the service. There's another story we're going to talk about this morning. It's called, it's out of Genesis 22, verse 1 and 2. It's in the Old Testament. And the verse goes some like, something like this. Sometime later, God tested Abraham, and he said to him, Abraham, here am I, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah, sacrificing there as a burnt offering on the mountain I will show you. Can you imagine this? Imagine Abraham taking the son that him and Sarah longed for all these years, and, and they didn't have this son until they were older in life. And God is now telling him to take the son that he had prayed and longed for, his one and only son, to the mountain and to sacrifice him. For God. So he loaded up his donkey with wood and took his, his son and its two servants. And then on the third day, sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it? Well, on the way up to the mountain, the young boy says, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. 
the fire and, and the wood here. He says, Isaac said, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? And I can imagine Abraham trying to hold back tears as he has this love for God that's so great and so powerful that Abraham was willing to listen to the call of God and take his son up a mountain and put him on a stone and was preparing to sacrifice his son. And as Isaac's asking this question, he looks at Isaac and says, My son, God will provide. And he did. And he did. If you're here this morning and you have reached a level of love that Abraham had for God, and so much love for those around you, then you're welcome to leave at this time. You've got this all figured out. Go ahead and leave. But, I'm hoping nobody leaves at this point, but if you're realizing that you're not quite there, you have not quite arrived to this place, this place of loving God so much and loving God first, and realizing that I was made to love more than, than maybe there's something in this message for you today. Now, I debated on whether to say this, but you know why Abraham didn't tell, or God didn't tell Abraham to sacrifice his wife? Never mind, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Ephesians 3, 8 through 21. Grab your Bibles. I'm feeling a little old-fashioned today, so when you, when you find it in your Bibles, if we're going to stand for the reading of God's Word. <laughs> Ephesians 3, 8 through 21. You can find it in your Bible, on your phone, and it should be on the screen in just a moment. I am reading out of the New Living Translation. Though I am the least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in heavenly places. This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly in confidence into God's presence. So please don't lose heart because of my trials here. I am suffering here for you, so you should feel honored. Verse 14, when I think of all this, and this is Paul saying, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resource, he will empower you with inner strength through the Spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And you may have power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ so it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. 
Do you know what your purpose is? God created you with a purpose, and you are made to know the love of God. You are made to experience the love of Christ. You are made to be complete with all of God's fullness. Made to love God more. Made to know the love of God is our first point today. <clears throat> then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep the love of God is. Whew. Isn't that amazing? If we could just somehow understand that. And, and Paul is writing this book of Ephesians while he's in prison. And he's still talking about the love of God. Now, Paul and Timothy could equip the Ephesians to please God, but they could not make them comprehend the love of God. Pastor Josh and Pastor Rory can equip you to please God, but they cannot make you comprehend the love of God. But, but I, as your campus pastor, well, I can't either. I can't make you comprehend the love of God either. But through God's Son, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, he reveals his love for us. Make sense of this mystery, which is hidden in God, revealed through Jesus Christ. Now, this wisdom might be known to the church. The word love, love is a noun and a verb. For example, if we love someone, we demonstrate our love by spending time with them. We do things with that person. We visit him or her. We go places together. We talk to each other. We might even buy them gifts. And demonstrate that we love and value that person. We show our love by our actions. <clears throat> I am so sorry. My voice is like <clears throat> in and out today. John 3.16. For God so loved the world. And this is God showing his love to us. He gave his one and only son that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And you're like, great, that's, that's great. Now God loves all those who believe in him. Well, it gets a little better. There's more. Verse 17, God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Now he's come to save absolutely every person on this planet. There's hope for everyone, every person in this room, every person in this county, every person in the state of Ohio. He died for every single one of us. Even the people that drive you crazy, the person who cuts you off in tra traffic, the person who ditches you in line at the BMV, the coworker who drives you insane, the family member. Well, whatever they do to you. God sent his son to save them. Two. So the first story I told you, well, the second story about Abraham and Isaac. Abraham loved God so much that he was willing to sacrifice his son, but Abraham did not have to do that. But for us to understand the fullness and the love of God, we have to understand that God loved us so much that not only did he send his son into the world, but he watched him crucified. And he died for us. 
I have three sons, Colton, Corey, and Caleb, and I'm not giving you any of them. I love you. I might give you Colton. <laughs> Just kidding. But to sacrifice your son, the song we sing, Reckless Love, before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. You've been so good to me. Before I took a breath, you, le- you breathed your life into me. You have been so kind to me. Still, you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. I was your foe. Still, your love fought for me. When I felt no worth, you paid it all for me. You have been so kind to me. The overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. He chases me down. He fights till I'm found. He leaves the 99. I couldn't earn it, and I don't deserve it. Oh, the love of God. I was raised in church, and I fell in love with the things of church at a very young age. I love going to Sunday school. I love going to junior church. I love revivals. I love church. But it took me a while to catch on that it wasn't the church that I loved. It was God that I loved. May we understand and know and comprehend the love of God. The second thing we're going to talk about is we are made to experience the love of Christ. Verse 19 says, May you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to fully understand. And this is my disclaimer. If, if Paul's saying here it's too great to fully understand, therefore it might be too great for Pastor Brian to help you to fully understand this. But I'm going to give it a, give it a shot here. Verse 16, we're going to back up for just a moment. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited, we have unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through the Spirit. If you're trying to live this Christian walk on your own, if you're not connected with the Holy Spirit that's empowering you, that gives you strength, I'm afraid you're going to fail. Verse 17 says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, being rooted and grounded in love. Because now we have the love of God. May we experience the love of Christ. When I think about the word experience, I kind of think about when I go to interview somebody. When I interview somebody for a position, the first thing I ask them for is, can I see your resume? And what is a resume? A resume has all of your experience. You know, did you graduate high school? Did you go to college? What's your degree in? Do you have any license? What's your work experience? And I think about my own life, and, and my first year in healthcare, I swear, prepared me for all the years that I ever had to work in healthcare. I was 17 years old. Take a deep breath. My wife was pregnant. I worked endless hours. We needed money. I had to work. I was getting ready to be a dad. Financially, we barely survived. I made $4.10 an hour. Yeah, you think you weren't paid enough. (laughs) My wife, towards the end of her pregnancy, was on bed rest. She spent her days at the in-laws, and I went to work. I had to learn to drive in snow, and, and I had to go to work because I needed money. I had responsibilities. They were hiring people, and they were constantly quitting, and, and people caught off, the time, caught off all the time, and, and I still went to work. I had to. Our kitchen flooded. It was a mess. I had to cl- help clean it up. I went through my first Ohio Department of Health survey. If you know anything about the Ohio Department of Health, they're not fun. 
Oh, it gets more fun. I was, I was a cook in the kitchen at $4.10 an hour. I was carrying a 25-pound roast that had been in the oven eight hours. And I was carrying it into the walk-in fridge, and it splashed out. And I slid. <laughs> and guess what? I dumped it on me, all down me. And I laid in the laundry room with not very many clothes on. And I, I said, they wanted to call my wife. I'm like, you can't call my wife. She's on bed rest. She's like eight months pregnant. You can't call her. So we had another lady that was on light duty who was pregnant. She drove me to the hospital. They put ice all over me. I said, turn the air. Turn the air up. It's, I, I'm burning up. We get to the hospital. They don't want to treat me because I'm 17. My mom's not there. I'm like, I'm married. Can my wife sign for me? She's not coming either. They said, we'll treat you. You're married. It's fine. Oh, that's not the worst part. I had, scar- I had burns all the way here and here. And, and my mother-in-law and my inner thighs here, she had to change my dressings, and it was uncomfortable, but I didn't have anybody helping me. It was my first year in healthcare. My wife had a baby. It was Colton. Thank God it was my day off because I had to go to work the next day. The day I took her home from the hospital, I dropped her off and I was late for work. Nobody told me about workers' comp. Nobody told me about FMLA. I was 17 years old and we just needed to survive. That first year in healthcare was my resume for a long time. It made me so much stronger. And I'll tell you what, there's not much that rattles me these days. To experience the love of Christ is experience not a life of perfection, but a life of struggles and, and battles and sometimes tragedy, terminal illnesses, things in life that we don't want to understand or experience. But for us to experience the love of Christ... We have to live it and know that he loves us and he's going to help us through all this. If we were never sinners, we would never experience a new life in Jesus Christ through his forgiveness. If we never had a trial or a battle, we'd never draw close to him. We are called to serve, to love, and embrace others. The more we come to experience his love through teachings, preaching, experiences, the more rooted we become in his love which allows us to love others. It's a cycle. We're not here just to, for God to love me, but we're here for God to love me so that I can love Pastor Rory, that I can lo- then love somebody else. It's a cycle that we can show them to love God. And it just continues. And the last thing we're going to talk about is... <clears throat> Made complete with all God's fullness. God created you with a purpose, and you are made complete with all fullness. Verse 19 says, Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. Now, there's another story found in the Old Testament. There's a small village by the city of Sidon. This man, his name was Elijah, and he saw a woman out gathering sticks 
And as she was gathering for sticks, he asked her, ma'am, will you get me a cup of water? And the lady's like, yes. So she starts to go on her way to get a cup of water. And this man, Elijah, hollers and says, ma'am, 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 will you get me something to eat too? And she said, sir, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm out here gathering wood and I'm taking it to my house and I'm going to get the last bit of flour and the last bit of oil that I have and make some bread. It's going to be my son and I's last meal. We're going to eat it and then we're going to die. We have nothing else. And Elijah's like, well, here's what I want you to do, ma'am. He says, I want you to go back to the house. I want you to make me, me, a loaf of bread first. And then whatever, whatever's left, then you go make yourself. And so she did. And after she did, for, there, for days after, there was an endless supply of flour and oil. You see, it, it never ran dry. She was willing to give all that she had. She emptied out every single cupboard she had, every drawer. My wife sometimes will tell me, Brian, there's nothing to eat in this house, and I'll pull this out and that, and, and I'll create this nice meal. And she goes, where did you get all that? I said, I don't know. I just, there's stuff in there. But I'm not talking about that. I'm saying there is nothing left except but a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil, and she makes it for this guy, and she sacrifices that. And now she has an endless supply of flour and oil. Well, the story doesn't stop there. A few days later, her son becomes sick. To the point that her son dies. But I don't understand. We just saw this miracle where she gave everything she had and God blessed her. And now her child that she loves so much has died. And Elijah cries out to God and lays on him three times. And what happens? The boy comes back to life. You see, and I'm going to have the praise man come up. You see, we have to die out completely. We have to basically empty our lives, our cupboards, our drawers, everything, and say, God, this is all for you. If we want to experience the complete fullness of God, then we have to, comp we have to empty out all that we have. And I don't know about you this morning, my life sometimes feels like it's a wreck, and if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit and the fullness of God, I don't know if I could understand or comprehend. God loves us so much that he calls us in a relationship with him. We begin to experience the love of Christ, his strength, his mercy, his goodness, his grace. We are made complete in his fullness. Why don't you go ahead and stand with me? I have just a few more things to say. Francis Chan was talking in a video I had listened to. And he was talking about the mysteries of God. I don't know about you, but I, I can't comprehend 
why God loves me so much. I can't comprehend why he sent his son to die for me. And the question I have for you today, are you sure that Jesus Christ loves you? We often think he he so loved the world. But do we believe that he loves me? Do you believe that he loves you? Is there doubt, fear, anxieties that make you think maybe, maybe God loves everybody else in the world, but he doesn't love me? And my question for you is, are you willing to surrender to God no matter, no matter what he asks? You see, when we come into church, we, we have problems, we have past, we have insecurities. Some of us have vices, things that we struggle with. And sometimes we walk in the doors and we kind of go through the motions and we walk out. But I believe that God wants to make a difference in your heart and your life today, that he wants you to surrender all that you have. Everything going on in your mind, your fears, your depressions, your anxieties. He wants you to give all of your struggles, your battles. He wants you to have confidence in him. And he wants you to just release it to him today and surrender your life completely. For us to really understand that we are made to love more, then we have to be full of God's love so much more. I started with a story about the lady in Kroger's. Her name was Pam. And I prayed with Pam. And I said, is there anything else I can do for you? She goes, no, thank you so much. She said, I was going to go to the nursing home to see my husband and take him these groceries I bought. She said, but too tired. I don't, I can't do it. I said, Pam, I used to work at that nursing home. I would love to take these groceries to your husband. She started crying. I went with her to the checkout, walked out to the car with her. I took the groceries. I went to the nursing home, introduced myself to her husband. His name's Mark. I said, Mark, I met your wife at the grocery store and she bought some things and I brought them to you. And I said, where would you like them? He said, told me where to put them. I put everything away exactly where he wanted it. And I went over to Mark and I said, Mark, what's going on? He said, well, about four years ago, I had a stroke and I've been in nursing homes ever since. I said, Mark, can I pray for you? You see, This love of God is not just for us, but it's for us to pour ourselves into other people. And it's not just the non-believers, but to the Christian who's struggling or, or fighting battles. But it's also for the one who doesn't know Jesus Christ that we can bring them in to help us help them understand what this love of God is all about. My challenge for you today is to not walk out them doors unless you truly grasp the fullness of God and all he has for you. The altars are open.